When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Dave Watson. Hi, Fergus. And unfortunately, Paul Doolan can't make it because he, uh, apparently his child is nearly two or at least nearly a year and a half and still can't look after herself. Um, although maybe that isn't what's happening. Anyway, Paul can't make it, so... Uh, more fool him. Dave, how are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm, uh, we're exchanging contracts on Friday, so I'm buying a house, mate. Oh, that's, that's so that's not your tie bride? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, Holly doesn't know about her. You're buying a house? Yeah, man. Each week we, I mean, this, you're heading for a fall. Each week we speak to you, there's a larger purchase. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't get much bigger than a house. So, oh, man. I mean, I don't know what's going to be next. Uh, an island? One can only hope. I mean, if I can get an island and rename it, I don't know, Nataronia or something like that. Well, that would be a fitting tribute. That would be nice. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't be anywhere if it hadn't been for you guys. That's true, yeah. I always forget you get all the proceeds, don't you? I'm um, afraid so, man. Yeah. So you're cooking right now, and I've finished cooking now. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but what I, what did you cook? Uh, it was a pancetta pasta. Pancetta pasta. Okay. Mm. Again, I mean, a year ago that would have been wafer thin ham pasta. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, terrific. Now, I said to you, are you watching the game? And you weren't because you were cooking. So I was able to reveal to you what the score is as of this moment in the Liverpool-Man City game because I just caught the last 10 minutes of the first half in the pub and I was able to break the news to you that Liverpool are winning 3-0. So, I mean, you, whoever's listening to this, you're listening in the future and you know what, the way it ended up. But that, right now, it feels quite exciting. It feels like, I don't know, one of them big European nights. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the kind of match that, I don't know, like it was it was the hardest draw um, for the both, you know, both English teams facing each other. And that, that's a bit shit, but because you, you'd want to have hope of somebody getting to the, you know, the, both of them getting to the final. But for Liverpool to be beating Man City not only gives us hope um, that Man City aren't just going to be able to bay them off and keep winning everything, but... I don't know, it's just exciting, like you say. It's like, they were definitely going in as the underdogs, but to be like three, I thought, because honestly, I thought you were going to say they were like, Liverpool are 2-1 up at the minute or something. But, Jesus, keeping out that Man City side, that's fucking impressive. I think Pep lost it in the press conference. Why, what did he say? Obviously, I've, I've, I've been cooking. Well, you weren't cooking through the press conference, were you? The press conference yesterday on Sky Sports News, He's just giving it the big 
I don't know. He feels like he, he said um, the Newcastle letter is backed by Ladbrokes, and we've got lots of special offers for you. So go and have a look at bet.newcastlepodcast.com. Seems like his mind's not on the job at hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's like one. Why is he talking about podcasts? Pep. <laughs> Two, why is he talking about a Newcastle podcast? A Newcastle podcast, an unofficial... What? Three, why is he talking about a Newcastle podcast that isn't even one of the most downloaded <laughs> Newcastle podcasts? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird. So, um, let's talk about Newcastle United. And, I mean, it's... I think, is this to do with the fact that we don't do the pod that much anymore? Is that why we're suddenly winning again? I mean, well, I don't know. I don't, like, we're not a jinx because we were doing the podcast in the championship and we were winning most games. Yeah, but we were in the championship. No, I mean, I, I don't think it's down to us, but it's terrific. Since the last podcast, we did a. Did we do a pod before the Southampton game or after it? After the Southampton game, because that's when I was in Edinburgh. Right, okay. In that case, I feel like we've missed a load of pods, but we haven't. We just haven't had a game for three weeks, except for the uh, 135-minute game against Royal Royal Antwerp, which was a real ding-dong and finished 1-1. Yeah. But the Huddersfield game, I watched that, and it was a really good performance, I thought. Did you get to see it, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I watched a stream of it. Um, I thought the... Actually, like to be honest, since the Man U game, we've been playing well. Uh, yeah, and I think the against um, Southampton, not only did uh, did we put away our chances, but I, th- I mean they they were they couldn't be asked Southampton. They just didn't turn up against this one. It was interesting that um, a, a tactical blogger wrote a piece about. Uh, Huddersfield and how they basically sat back and looked to deny, you know, just try to soak up the pressure and try and hit us on the break and stuff. But in in so doing, invited pressure onto themselves um, that I think they weren't expecting us to be able to carve open the chances that we were carving open because it wasn't balls over the top for, for players to chase. It was, we were, you know, we were making good opportunities throughout the game. Um, like Shelby and Diame in the centre of the park. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into like individual performance and stuff, but those two go for it. Those two have just been superb in the last few, last few fixtures. And I mean, we've got uh, Leicester coming up next. And if we can, if they can put in the performances that we've seen against Southampton and Manu and against Huddersfield, I'm more confident of getting a result against Leicester than I was like three, four fixtures ago. It was a good been per- superb. It was a good performance. It, it was, I mean, I did a tweet about it, about my feelings throughout the game because it started really good. And then it just felt like, well, we're never going to score. Mm. Um, so it was re- a real relief when we did. I think we were, f- were, Fortunate to catch Huddersfield when they're in poor form. I mean, to yeah. be fair, they've been in poor form for most of the season. But um, we're definitely we've had two teams in a row who are not playing well at all. So that was fortunate. But the 
it's been a weird old season because there's been a lot of moments where I've felt pretty confident that we've got the worst squad in the Premier League and that may still be true. But I remember yeah. at the beginning of the season having a real sort of affection for them as a, a try-hard, well-organised team in mm. the vein of Iceland at the Euros. Yeah. And then it all seemed to go wrong and we were just utter shit. Well, there was that that, that period of, what was it, like eight games uh, without a win. Um when it was it was it was nine games, sorry, without a win. That was in uh, October through till mid December, um, and we you know we weren't facing great sides then. We were facing uh, Burnley, Bournemouth. Uh, we drew with West Brom, who are absolutely terrible. Um, and yeah, there was like was Matthew that little the pause there? Of- you just telling yourself not to mention Pardew. <laughs> Oh, come on. I'm going to talk about him later. Okay. Just let us talk about him later, all right? Because okay. I'm fucking... <laughs> you can have a, have a um, second. But, you know, you're right. There was, there was At the beginning of the season, we, we started okay. It wasn't it wasn't a great... Um, you know, there was, a, there was a, a patch of, like, eight games at the beginning of the season, which was very good, and then we went on a run of losses and then some wins and then some... But then that, that period around October building up to... Um, getting towards the January window, I think we were all saying, "Man, we're in the shit if we don't pick up points and look at our next run of fixtures. Like, who have we got coming up?" And it was it was panic stations. But what Benitez was saying throughout is, "It'll take time. We'll finish stronger. The end of the season will be better um, if we can strengthen in the window." Um, blah blah blah. And we did strengthen in the window in areas that I. I, I'm pretty confident I was thinking were the least important. Yeah, I don't. So hang on, like how, I didn't, so we've got we've got a goalkeeper out of nowhere. We've just plucked out this renegade goalkeeper no one had heard of for nothing, and uh, yeah. that's been a positive. And then Kennedy. Does, has there been another signing? Was that it? Slimani. Slimani, of course. Who? Okay, let's go. Let's 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 go through the game. And now that I've mentioned him, let's talk about Slimani. So he yeah. got, um, I don't know, twenty minutes at the end. Yeah, about that. Yeah, he does. He does look like he's always just about to be injured. He looks like an injured sort of a player, but he's um, he's clearly got some class to him, hasn't he? Well, I think in in as much as Dubravka, so Dubravka hasn't been like um, apart from the, like the Man U game side, he's been decent. He's been you know he, he's he's he wasn't something that um, I thought we needed. But when we signed him, you can see just the little things that he does better than Darlow, than Elliot. In much the same way, I think Slamani, you can see that he is better than. I'm dowing him with faint praise, but he's better than Hosselu and he's better than Gale. Right, but he hasn't... Our recent patch of good-ish form is nothing to do with Slomani, is it? No, no, I I was just because you you said, like... We were going through the signings that we made. Yeah, we were talking about, like, because because he's just that little bit better, I'm, I'm confident for the future, but in those 20 minutes, he looked 
better than Hosselu and, and Gale. And he, he offered them, he offered us a, a, a different option up front that I think we'll reap, we'll reap the benefits of in, in games to come. Obviously, he's going to miss the next one. But in the, in the tail end of the season, I can see him being very important, especially the way, like I say, it's just the little things that he does a little bit better. And so, I, I, I like the look of him. But then that's a 20-minute spell, and I'm probably, you know, shaking a little bit of ice and sugar from the win over him. I'm just making him look a bit better than he maybe is. I don't know. So if we're talking about signings that we made, and maybe they're making a contribution, then obviously top of the list has got to be Kennedy. Have we got an option to buy on him? I've not seen one um, officially, um, but there might be a there might be a, a, a potential in the future, like an option to buy. But if there is, I'd expect it to be quite a lot of money. I, I don't think it would, it would be like the eight million that we got Marino for. Um, or Atsu. Probably. What did we get Atsu for? Like twelve million or something. Not, well, it was. I can't remember what the loan fee originally was, but it was six million to buy Atsu. Was that what it was? So it was buttons in in the modern market. But to sign someone like Kennedy, who you know, even, even when he kind of he has he has let himself down on the defensive side of things on occasion, he doesn't do he doesn't track his man as well as uh, perhaps Richie does. Um, but he offers so much going forward, and he he looks a a threat from set pieces, a threat from. Um, from wide, you know, delivering crosses and stuff like that. He, he looks a, a much, you know, significantly better player than, than Atsu. You know, he's but been, he'll cost he's, 20 million. Well, we'll see. But yeah, he's been very good. I don't think he's mm. Chelsea standard. So nope. maybe we'll be the beneficiaries of that. Who knows? Um, but then so, look at the, the, the caliber of players that Chelsea have let go because then they haven't thought to have been Chelsea standard you know they let go Lukaku they let go Mo Salah they let go Kevin De Bruyne um, sure who knows these players can, who knows who knows what they're gonna end up becoming but I wouldn't mm. put him in those, those categories but you know what one do thing I, I know to say about, go on sorry I was one thing I wanted to say about like the the end of the game David Wagner said that he thought uh, he was disappointed because he thought they were good for a point I I have no idea where he's getting that idea from. They had a, a late surge at the end of the game, but throughout the game, we absolutely dominated them. We we had something like, and I can't remember off the top of my head, something like ten more shots than them, maybe maybe fifteen more shots than them. You know, it was a huge number. And I, I made a note of it, but I can't find it. And they had no shots on target. Not a single shot on target. So, f- from where he's saying they were decent, they were good for a point. I can't understand that. The only thing I can think he's trying to deflect so people talk about him rather than talking about their poor performance because they've been abject away from home. There was a moment. Um, there were moments before we scored, or even after we scored, where it did look like they could always get a goal from somewhere, and there were moments when they did put a little bit of pressure on but I see exactly what you're saying um, but you know I that didn't mean that I wasn't that, you know my anus wasn't a little loose you know <laughs> um, they uh, but what's it called oh, what's it called XG yeah. XG remember before XG 
but the, their XG was like, I think the lowest I've ever seen or something. It was like not, I don't think it was 0.0, but it was... <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I think sorry, it was like 0.26, I, I think. think. I, th- I think, I think mm-hmm. it was 0.18, but, you know, go and look, yeah. don't, go and look this up yourself, guys. And um, whoever was closest out of me and Dave gets a blowjob. So Excellent. great from who we do not know. <laughs> Toothy McGee. Yeah. Well, like, good luck explaining that arrangement to our partners. <laughs> <laughs> now we were um, doing this thing on the pod. Well, let me explain what XG is first. Um, no. So we skipped over a little Shelby and Diame, but they do deserve a lot of credit, particularly Shelby, who I've been quite harsh on at times this season but he yeah. doesn't half know how to ping a ball I mean the, the few chances like not the few chances most of the chances were coming th- from his either incredible ability to pass a football or just his alacrity of thought like the we got a free kick in the, the centre of the park and while everybody else is jogging into position, the Huddersfield players are still arguing with the ref about it. He's knocking a perfect ball over the top for um, Dwight Gale to chase onto. And Dwight Gale only just managed to put it wide um, with, a, with a lobbed finish. But oh, yeah, that was a terrific moment. Yeah, Dwight Gale wasn't having a lot of luck in front of goal. Probably should have got at least one. But uh, oh. that was a great uh, moment. And I, I don't want to skip over this too much. Because you've just come up with a brilliant title for John Joe Shelby's autobiography, Alacrity of Thought. <laughs> Thank you. I think I think well, he wouldn't be able to spell it, so but he could pass it sixty yards onto somebody's foot. He wouldn't be able to spell it, but you know, I'm sure I have spell check. Yeah. <laughs> um I've just checked uh, one of the sites that I go on for stats and stuff. Oh, who's and- gonna get the blowjob? <laughs> Well, warm up your lips, pal, because it was 0.28. Right. Well, let me establish very firmly, it was never part of the agreement that either of us would be handing over the uh, the servicing. Well, okay, uh, it's fine. I'll book a train. Now, because Shelby and Diame have been playing so well in midfield, mm-hmm. Marino didn't even make the bench yeah there's been rumblings that uh he might be not long for newcastle united i i think that's premature i think on current form those two players deserve the deserve their chances and deserve to be picked first and i don't think anybody can really complain about that because and also, he's young. He'll get chances in the future. I think he's very. He was bought as very much as one for the future. So I'm not too sure, worried. Sure, but about it's very now. going from Dortmund to us. I'm sure he expected to be a first team, you know, player. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good it's a good thing. And who would have thought that we would have ended up in this situation where a midfielder who most of us rate really highly, Marino? Yes, he's got a long way to go. For him not to be in the squad, and for the and for somebody who we rated very um, very poorly in Modi Arme 
being arguably first name on the on the team sheet. Well, we were talking about him as the. It was asked not that long ago. It was asked whether he was the worst player in the Premier League, and we couldn't think of anyone else. I mean, this shows how fucking all over the place we are. We have not got a clue, Dave. If you're listening to this, you need to have a long, hard look at yourself and ask yourself, why are you taking seriously the opinions of these fucking numbskulls? Because we have not got a clue. I think in in our defence, I think most of the Newcastle fan base thought he was a, a pile of dog eggs. It's true. So, it's true. Group think. I think that's what it's One called, thing I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about, uh, Lejeune, I think that um, I think he came with a lot of promise, and after he got, you know, he got injured, and uh, I think he was built up a bit because of a decent first performance in the first half against Spurs. I think people built him up a bit, and I'd probably be guilty of that. And when he came back, and he didn't look great, um, I was concerned. And now he and Lascelles together look a real partnership. He's he's. He's got a really good reading of the game. He, he makes a lot of interceptions. And he takes up very good positions. I think it helps that Dubravka is a very vocal keeper. And I think it helps that Lascelles is vocal. So it always seems like they're talking to each other and, and they can pull Yedlin back when he, when he's getting a bit excitable. But that back, those, that back five, um, they're performing much better than I thought they would. And that's you know must it has to go down to Benitez's coaching because I don't know just like Paul Dummett is again he's like Diarme he's just one of the first names on the team sheet now. But I've, yeah, I just wanted know, to you know I've always rated you know I've always very, rated very Paul Dummett higher than than most. But yes, mm. that's two clean sheets in a row, and I don't know what the stat is. I should have it to hand, but there is. I think in terms of influence on points per game when he plays versus when he doesn't play, I think I've seen a stat somewhere that Lascelles is the most influential player in the Premier League. Yes. We get... Yeah, I've seen that. I think it's um, uh, Chris Holt on Twitter, big Chris Holt. He, he, he's he been championing uh, Jamal Lascelles for ages and regularly puts up how many... How many points we're better off with him in the side than than we are without? I think that run of nine games that I spoke about before. I think honestly, I think that was during his injury um, when he was unavailable for yeah th- those nine fixtures. I think that's when we had that massive wobble. Um, I, it's no great surprise because he is a captain, he is a leader, he is a, a decent defender. Well, please forgive um, us for sounding a little like we're handing out the end of season awards here, and, <laughs> and we've uh, and we've just won uh, the double or something. But please uh, allow us a little bit of fun because it's been a tough old season, and we've just won two in a row, and we're playing rather well. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to have a quick break, and then we're going to go straight into the Twitterverse and take some questions and thoughts and all of that shit. See you in a bit. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back 
Good break, Dave. Yeah, nice. I was just uh, collecting my winnings for putting some money on Liverpool to win. Well, you weren't collecting your winnings, Dave, because the game is not over yet. So, oh, it's um, it's with I hope a partic- it's a, it's with a particular betting site that pays out if the team you bet on goes two nil up. Right. Okay. I assume it's not a betting site that we've just advertised in the press. <laughs> I, I, uh, possibly not. It's all right. But possibly not. The vast amount of your money goes on Labricks and. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I can afford big houses and BMWs. I was going to say I was. I was hoping that the purchase of this house wasn't dependent on this bet. <laughs> so now well, I'm going to go straight to Twitter and uh, take a few questions. The most important one is from Philip Huntsman, and he says, why hasn't there ever been an inquest into why Fergus Craig wasn't nominated by BAFTA for Star Stories? His portrayal of Nigel Martin-Smith was, was and still is hilarious. So we're going, to be doing a, we're going to be devoting the next hour and a half to that question, Dave. Why Why wasn't I nominated for a BAFTA? I mean, I know it's been 10 years, but it's still on my mind. Mate. It's all political, isn't it? It's all political, isn't it's it? It's all political. Why can't a white middle-class guy get a break? Um, yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago. You'd have thought I'd have done more shit since, Dave. <laughs> Well, I saw you on a, a, an advert for a holiday um, firm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, that freaked me out because, I don't know, I wasn't expecting to see you and suddenly you just popped up on my TV screen. Yeah, Secret Escapes. Yeah. Got a couple of days in Croatia with that. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, looking, at the, <laughs> looking at the... Moving on from your stalling acting career... Um, what number 10s out there would you like to see play for? Oh, a hang on a minute. Season? I thought I was the host of this fucking show, Dave. Are you reading out a, a, tweet, a, tweet? a tweet? Yeah, I'm going to read out a tweet because you were stalling. No, sorry. I just wanted to dwell on my career a bit longer. Yeah, okay, fine. Go on. <laughs> uh, what um, Theo Penn uh, asks, what number 10s out there would you like to see play for us next season? I've always liked Helder Costa from Wolves, but would that be an ambitious enough signing? Go ahead and answer, Dave, because I, I've got no answer. That's why I asked the questions, because I don't know enough about football, Dave. That's, <laughs> that's why this show is structured like that. Uh, so you answer would, the question. Well, there's going to be a surplus of um, number 10s who aren't going to be happy playing under a Sam Allardyce at, at Everton. Um, there will always be a raft of young, exciting players who can't get in the first teams of teams like Man City, Chelsea, uh, Arsenal, etc. Um, there's a, a, a player for Spurs called Onoma, O-N-O-M-A-H. Um, uh, attacking midfielder, looks decent. Um, I th- last time I heard he was injured, so I don't know if he's going to be available. Um, there's a great number, and of course... Rafa Benitez is going to have the benefit of being able to scout all the leagues across the world and try and find somebody that um, maybe we've never heard of, like Michael Marino or but things like Nebraska. that. That's not down to him, though, is it? I mean, because no, he's not be actually doing the scouting, is he? No, but he'll have access to the, the information. So he'll be able to tell whomever our chief scout, scout is these days. Um, 
oh, I'm looking for this kind of player. I want him to be of this age. I want him to have this uh, left foot or a right foot. I want him to be um, able to speak English. I want him blah, 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 blah. He can, he can pass that on to people. So he's got the benefit of that scouting network. And I don't. I can only go off what I've seen. Um, and yeah, Helder Costa looks good, but I can't imagine a world in which Wolves are going to let him go. Um, especially as they're going to need their best players in, for next season. Um, I would imagine yeah. that most ones that we would be able to name would be out of our price range. Yeah. If it was a couple of years ago, you could guarantee we'd be getting someone skinny and moody from France. <laughs> well, Ben Arthur's out of favour at PSG, so maybe maybe get him back. I don't think he's a Benitez player, but... No, no. And he's also Absolutely. no longer skinny. <laughs> but <laughs> I would... I mean, I would love to have Ben Arthur back. It'd be like when Solano came back. Yeah. Probably not as dignified. Or when Pav came back. That was nice too. When Pav came back. Who else came back? Lee Clark. Robbie Elliott. Robbie Elliott, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Who else came? Let's do who came back. Peter Beardsley. Well, famously. Keegan famously. Keegan famously. But mm, that's all I can think of. Okay, well, that was a nice moment. Let's go back to Twitter. Do get on Twitter and tell us if you can think of anyone else who came back. Um, We've got a question from Philip Huntsman, another one, who says, do you expect any NUFC players to make the England squad? squad? Shelby and Lascelles have to be in with a good chance. What do you think, Dave? Unless there's injuries, no. Southgate's got he, he, like he's. Uh, I'm pretty sure there isn't another England friendly um, between now and the the, the World Cup. So uh, he's you know he, he's picked his players. He's happy with them. Like I say, unless there's unless there's injuries, <laughs> I mean to Jake Livermore and the like. I can't see. I can't see either of. Our boys getting you would have thought taken. that they would have been included in the last squad if they had a chance, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, perversely, it might benefit us if Jamal Lascelles doesn't get called up and keeps him off people's radar. Of course. A little bit better. Cause They'll probably still see him on Match of the Day and stuff, though, won't they? Yeah, but well, he's not going to be... Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I see what you're saying. John Joe Shelby, perhaps... It is an attitude thing. I wouldn't be surprised if there's if he's just got a little bit of a red flag that goes with him as a player. And they've thought, hmm, John Joe Shelby in a hotel in Russia. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the concern for me if I was like Gareth Southgate is that where, where with hotheads like Deli Ali, Deli Ali only really gets you know, becomes an arsehole when things aren't going his way. So if things are going England's way, Deli Ali's not a concern. John Joe Shelby can flip for no reason. You know, we can be, we could be 2-0 up, comfortable, 
and one of their players could say the wrong thing, stamp on him, do something like that to wind him up, and he, the red mist descends. It's a it's, shame because he does offer something. He is yeah. probably the best passer of a ball in central midfield in England. Yeah, it's English. Like, I, I, I can't think of a single English player who's got the range of passing that he has and the, like I say, the decision-making, he he, come, he sees things almost before they happen. It's it's great to watch for us. And the players that he'd have in front of him would be of the calibre of Sterling, Lingard, Chamberlain, who are going to be making yeah. some nice runs. I mean, he'd be quite good with them players, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would be. He really would be. And if if um, if Jamie Vardy was playing, like the, the yeah. pace and the the movement of him, yeah, it would be. He, he'd do very well. But there is that. Everything comes with the caveat that well, sure, but red. If the red mist descends, we're down to ten men, and he misses again. It's just not worth the risk. Yeah. Well, I think you're probably right. Um, Alan. Dinsdale says, I'm wondering between this Natter and the next, how many of the following statistical charts? Line graph, pie chart, bar graph, scatter plot, stem and plot. I've never heard of a stem and plot. Histogram, frequency. This man's just bragging about everything he knows about about charts. Frequency polygon, frequency curve. And will you use... Right, I can't even read the rest of that. You will use to explain the match our current predicament in the league. Sorry, I, I broke down there. It wasn't his. I just felt like I was back at school again. It wasn't his fault. It was a good tweet. One more from Philip, Hunts, Philip Huntsman. He says, how you've ended up selling fish fingers is one of life's great mysteries. Well, there's a, that's I didn't realize, I didn't realize he'd done that. This is the same guy talking about my should be BAFTA. He's, he's thrown in a dig at the end. Well, I have you know, Philip, it's, I don't sell fish fingers. I sell um, chicken char grills. Bozai chicken char grills. Uh, we've got a tweet from James Penswold. He says, imagine Rafa had the squad of our relegation rivals, Palace, Southampton, Swansea, West Brom, Brighton, Huddersfield. Where would they finish in the Prem? It's a good question. I mean, obviously each squad is different. I think uh, certainly with players of the calibre that Southampton have in terms of their technical ability and their, their footballing intelligence, uh, Swansea, similar, you know, they, they, they do have some decent players, but maybe less so than Southampton. Crystal Palace certainly have got a lot of quality, but maybe not in the same style that Rafa likes. Um, West Brom, West Brom are terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Um, They've got some good players. It's just not worth out for them. Is it? I mean, they're all the, the whole thing with them is they're a bit old, aren't they? They're old and limited because they've been they were bought by Pulis on the whole to um, to do a specific job. You know that the, their wide men don't have a lot of pace, don't have a lot of um, skill with the with the ball at their feet. It's all about can they deliver a ball into the into the six yard and twelve yard bo- twelve yard boxes. Their full backs, big, strong, 
dangerous in, dangerous in the air and also very good at defending in the air. You know, it's it's a pure side. And I think most of those, was, I think most of those squads have players who would walk into our team, including West Brom. And uh, I can't I can't think of many from West Brom that would get Johnny Evans. Yeah, Man yeah, City. That's what fair. Him. Johnny He'd Evans be, would get in. He would get yeah. in. I think Rondon probably get into our team, wouldn't he? Not ahead of that. I know Slobani's on loan, but I don't think he's a. I don't, I don't know. I, anyway, we're, good, we're getting yeah. we're getting bogged down in West Brom, but I think the point that uh, James wanted to make probably is that those teams would all be doing quite a lot better if they had Rafa in charge, and he oh, may well like, be right. You hear you hear quite a few times people talk about like oh um, this particular player. They, they made a big point about che- uh, Peter Cech and saying that he's good for, I don't know, like six points or something like that when he moved to Arsenal. And they said, this this guy will makes a difference to that degree, you know, six points or something. Um, with Rafa Benitez, I don't think, I can't think of any coach outside the, you know, outside the elite. I don't, can't think of any coach that could have this Newcastle United side sitting 12th within seven points of the top half. Was it seven half points of the top half or like four points of the top half? Whatever it is. Um, I can't think of another another manager who could do that. Well, I'll tell, you a, ex- I'll tell you a manager who managed to take us from a promotion to the championship to fifth in the table. And that was Alan Pardew, Dave. It's fucking brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> He's fine. Like, this has to be his final Premier League job. I don't there have is... as much invested in the downfall as, of Alan Pardew as you do. No, but I, I think understand you're, I think you're probably right. But they do just keep showing up. They're, you have to remember that there are only five English managers, Dave. <laughs> in existence in existence <laughs> but it's I tell you it's, it could be the death knell for that um, that bracket of of manager so managers like Alan Pardew uh, David Moyes maybe Mark Hughes if he gets relegated with Southampton Paul Lambert uh, maybe even Sam Allardyce if Everton don't I think they're all very different managers. They're all English, but they're all very different, aren't they? Pardew's like Pardew's a bit of a Pardew's like Tim Sherwood with a bit more IQ. I would say that's what Pardew is. He's he's a he's a motivator, isn't he? That's why usually he starts well at a club because he does he is actually quite skilled at motivating. But over the years. He's no longer got this respect of dressing rooms. By virtue of having quite a lot of older players at West Brom, they're all like, yeah, but aren't you Alan Pardew? <laughs> <laughs> when he's trying to Did he him. hear that apparently he, um, uh, that Sam Field, who uh, scored against us actually, um, he, like Alan Pardew was, before, before a big game that, that, that they were, preparing for he was asking Sam Field repeatedly oh, are you shitting it I bet you're shitting it God I'd be shitting it if I was you like before the game as like as some kind of 
ham-fisted attempt to to motivate him. And this is coming from, you know, a source inside the dressing room, so it could be bullshit. But the man's a fraud, and I'm I'm glad that he's been found out and that it's happened at West Brom. Fifth in the table, Dave. You took us to fifth in the table. Apparently on that night when they... Uh, when they... they What was it? They stole a taxi in Barcelona. Yeah. No, I don't think this is libelous. I think I heard on the... the that um, on that same night, Pardew lost his keys in his phone. <laughs> like, genuinely. Allegedly. Have you also seen the rumour, and again, it's a rumour, that um, Pardew turned up for training um, on April the 1st or whenever like whenever he was next year in because he thought the sacking was an April Fool's? Really? <laughs> that's, that's, that I've seen unlikely. a couple of... That um, seems unlikely things on twitter and not from like lad bible or something like that but what my point was that 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 you know that age group of managers it might be the the last time we see them in the in the premier league because you can't see someone like paul lambert sticking around for very long as stoke will get sick of him i think um mark hughes maybe because i think think mark Mark hughes is a better manager than than that lot i think mark hughes might get a job i think you can always see Sam Allardyce hanging on. He's still he's still never been relegated, has he? So I like mean, some yeah. side that's been promoted and is in trouble. I, I still think they could do worse than going to Sam Allardyce. They could. I just want <laughs> to see them sins. replaced by you know younger, better, more modern, progressive managers. Yeah, man. Yeah, brother. Yeah, they should. So, our next game is this Saturday. It's against Leicester. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's away. Any mm-hmm. thoughts, Dave? What do you think the score will be? Uh, I think I think this is going to be a draw. Right. Um, just uh, I, I don't think. Like, I think Leicester are a very good side. You know, with players like Vardy and Mares and um, Okazaki up front, they, they will give us, our defence, much more trouble than the previous two strike forces we've come up against have. Definitely. Um, Mares seems a little bit off the boil now, but Vardy's still banging him yeah. in. Yeah, and Mares, he might be off form, but with one swing of his boot from a free kick, he could do it. Um, so yeah, I think I think it'll be a draw, but I think it'll be like one-one. Um, obviously, Slaman is not available, so it'll be Gale uh, starting up front again. I, I'd assume. Um, I'd, I'd guess we we feel pretty much the same side. I can't see any need to make any changes, but obviously, if there's I don't know tiredness or whatever, then perhaps. But yeah, I'd go. I'd go uh, a one-one. Okay, I'm very tempted to go 1-1 as well. Um, but I'm going to go two-one Leicester. Okay. Sorry, guys, but I am. And I guess we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for your time, David. Thank you, folks, Craig. And uh, thank you to you, the Newcastle NASA listener. Remember to tell your friends about the pod. 
and uh, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and all of that because you know maybe it really what, helps. It does help, doesn't it? It would be nice if it'd be nice if we could spread the word. I mean, I think this pod in various inclinations has been going about five years now maybe longer and um we never really made an effort to get any listeners so (laughs) if uh if you want to you know give us a rating or whatever positive one of course then uh, that might help i know i promised i promised to do a bit more prep for ones in the future obviously i've been super busy so i haven't done as much as i normally do Sure, you had pancetta pasta. Yeah. I know we're not the most professional operation in town. I say I'm a lot. Neither of us prepares. We go down some funny little tangents, some dog shit jokes at times, and some appalling analysis. But... (laughs) But... Do give us a rating on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) And make sure it's a five star. Yeah. Yeah. And with any luck, we'll be back next week. Although two of us have got a young baby and childcare's childcare's difficult and Dave's buying a house and we all know how much time that can take up. So hopefully we'll be doing a podcast next week, but you never know. (laughs) Thank you very much. Bye. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.